Thanks, Pastor Shu. Hey, how is everyone doing? Everyone good? Awesome. Wow, that was an incredible time of worship, right? I just didn't want that to kind of stop. You know, when you're just thinking, eyes closed, you, the time's just gone so quick. Anyone else? That was good, right? That was incredible. Come on, let's hear it for the worship team who just led that so incredibly well. And we're in this season, aren't we? We're a season of breakthrough. Um, day 16, I think, is it the 16th today? Is isn't it? Yeah, 16. Um, and, you know, we're, we're all believing for breakthrough, right? I think Janine said it then that we should be. There should be something that we're looking for, something more in our life that we're believing God for. Um, otherwise, we've come to a place where I don't need anything else. But I think we always should be desiring more in God. Um, and so my heart today is just to share a quite a simple message some of the stuff you would have heard many times before, but really what I want to do is inspire and encourage us to just take a moment to reach out to Jesus. So at the end of the service, I don't really want to take up loads and loads of time sharing. What I want us to do is have a moment at the end where we can worship again together, but also reach out and encounter God for ourselves. Does that sound okay for everyone? Fantastic. So um, Pastor Annie, what an incredible message last week. You know, it kicked off a little bit last week, didn't it? It was brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was amazing. And um, I just really want to carry on on this theme um, of God being our breaker, the breaker that's gone before us. But I want to speak specifically on faith. I think faith is a very important subject when it comes to our faith, Christianity. When we believe in God, it's all about faith. Um, breakthrough. I had to look up the word. I thought, what does it actually mean? And the minute I did, I had a funny picture that came to my head of a story from when I was younger, so I'm going to share that with you as well. But breakthrough means an act or an instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Moving through or beyond an obstacle. And it's funny, I don't know if you guys are like this, but sometimes when I read things like that, I have these little flashbacks. And I had this one from when I was a kid. Um, and uh, it was uh, Hulk Hogan. Do you ever, anyone remember Hulk Hogan, the wrestler? Some of you out there, some. Yeah, Pastor Gina does. That's cool. Um, so Hulk Hogan, he was like my hero wrestler. Like, this guy, uh, it was before like The Rock and all that. That was after me. I, I like Hulk Hogan was my guy. I'm like, this guy's a legend. And I used to get a bit passionate about this kind of stuff. And like most of you know me, I, 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 I take things a bit literally and a bit seriously. Anyway, uh, there was this fight, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was this unit. He was massive. Hulk Hogan's big, but this guy was a different level. So, and I remember I used to love watching this video of, of these two wrestling. And what I loved about it was that Hulk Hogan would often get beaten up. He would get battered around the ring, and it looked like he was about to be beaten. And then all of a sudden, he starts shaking his head violently. And you're like, oh, it's kicking off. He's getting reared up. And then he starts coming back, and it's this dramatic finish. And you can imagine little me. I'm there, like, in front of TV, like, come on, I need to do some of this. I want to, I want to, I'm Hulk Hogan in this moment. And so in that, I put it into practice, what I was seeing. So what I did, me and my cousin used to love wrestling. So we'd be often jumping off stuff, bouncing off of things. Um, Bear in mind, I'm talking, what I'm talking about is moving through obstacles here. Um, some of you might guess kind of where this is probably going to go. So anyway, me and my cousin, we're, we're Seymour Close, my auntie's house, we're, we're there and um, we're bouncing off the bed, but not just normally, do you know what I mean? We're like power slamming each other off the bed. It was getting out of hand, do you know what I mean? Like, it was getting extreme. Anyway, we did this one thing, like I kind of did this like, kind of, I don't know if it was like a suplex or something, but I threw him onto the bed, went terribly wrong. I bounced that way, he bounced that way, and my head went straight into the wall, but didn't stop, it carried on. And I ended up with this Sean-shaped 
dent in the side of my auntie's plasterboard wall. And so I was like, ooh. And obviously I ran off. And I was like, oh, that ain't right. And I've got loads of little stuff. I've got a few more, but I'm not, for time's sake, today going to share some more. Maybe I'll keep some more. But this is the reality. I don't want everyone to go home and put your head through a wall. I'm not telling you to do that. That's what I did. I think that's why I ended up the way I am. I did that too many times. But... What I'm trying to say is that's what breakthrough really is. It's about being moved, not being bound by the physical things around you, but it's about breaking through the obstacles that are there. Everyone hearing that? It's about breaking through the obstacles that are in your situational circumstance. For me, in that situation, it was a physical wall. But, again, like I'm saying, please don't go home. Kids, are, you know, don't go home and practice this kind of stuff. But the other picture I had was this picture of a, um, it's a funny race in athletics, it's a steeplechase race, everyone heard of this race, it's, it's horse racing, but it's also, there's an athletics um, race, it's a weird, I don't know who invented this one, it was like run around a track, someone must have thought, well that's pretty boring, let's bang a massive kind of hurdle in the way, that's pretty boring, let's put a trough of water behind just to make it a bit more fun, I mean it's a ridiculous race really, when you watch it you think, is this really athletics, like, but when I saw you know, when I thought about breakthrough, I started picturing that racetrack and I started picturing the, the hurdle and the water and I started getting a picture of what life can be like and, you know, sometimes life can be great. You're running along and you're thinking nothing's in your way. This is brilliant. I'm just moving. I'm just flowing, walking, whatever it might be. It just seems flat, calm and brilliant. And then all of a sudden, there's a big hurdle. And you think, oh, great. But not only a hurdle, behind the hurdle, there's a trough of water. And you think, oh, brilliant. Not only have I got to get over that, I've got to walk through this as well. And life can be like that sometimes, right? Can anyone relate to me? That sometimes you're running around in life feeling like this is brilliant. And then all of a sudden, a hurdle comes in. And then you get through that one and you think, surely, that's good. And then just a bit shorter down the line, there's another one. And it just keeps happening. And I started thinking about this as... This can be a picture of life, and effectively it is a picture of life, because that's what life is. Often there are hurdles and barriers and obstacles in our way that come to try and stop us from moving forward. You know, in those athletics races, sometimes some of them fall over, and it's, it's a little bit funny if I'm being honest, and, and, and they end up like going in head first, and it's a bit chaotic, but that isn't the sole purpose. The sole purpose of that is to finish the race is to get to the end by getting over the obstacles. And I think this is the same for our life. You know, we've got to understand that obstacles in our life aren't there to restrict us often. They're there for us to break through and break beyond by trusting God. We need to understand that the one who's in charge of the race is God. And the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll often put obstacles in your life to try and trip you up. But he's not in charge. It's God that's in charge. The orchestrator of the race who wants you to finish is God. And so we need to understand, we need to get our heart in a place where we're believing beyond the obstacles. Believing beyond the things that are set in place to try and stop us and realize what God's actually trying to do. He's trying to create something incredible in us, but it requires one little thing, and that's faith. And I'm just going to take us to a scripture in uh, Matthew 17, and this is the scripture that kind of God shared with me when I was thinking about this subject. Um, I'm going to read from verse uh, Matthew 17, 14 through to 20. And it's verse 20, really, that jumped out to me. But I'm going to read from verse 14 onwards. And it says this. And this is a moment that Jesus has just transfigured. 
he's just had this incredible, the disciples have just had the, the three, this incredible moment with him, and they've seen him in his glory. And he's coming down from the place where he was transfigured, and they've seen him. And it says this in verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. This is a man that's desperate for breakthrough. Whoever, who's got children here? Right, when your children aren't well, it's not a nice thing. I never knew having children until I had children would be such a worry, such a wow kind of thing. And it's such a, you just don't, it's a part of your brain that's probably not opened up till you have kids. And it's this, this thing, and it's a, and this man right here is this child is desperately needing breakthrough. Desperate. But listen, he's Jesus, he comes to Jesus because the disciples couldn't heal him. He says this, Jesus says this in verse 17, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here. Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of the boy and he was healed that moment. Come on, we serve a good God. We serve an incredible God. In a moment, breakthrough happened in the presence of our God. There's nothing too big for him. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Simply, this is the bit that God was speaking to me about. He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Isn't that incredible? That just a small amount of faith can cause mountains to move. And I'm not talking physical mountains. You know, Jesus was probably using an analogy because he was surrounded by mountains in the area they were. But a small amount of faith can move incredible mountains in our life. I, um, mountains often, they, they can do two things, can't they? They can limit us from moving forward. If we don't have faith, our lives become then limited. It's like that steeplechase race. You sit by the hurdle and refuse to run anymore. You've bound your life by this. That's as far as I can go. This mountain's too big. That's what a life that's limited by mountains says. God's calling you beyond. He's calling you to greater things. He's calling you to speak to the mountains by faith and see those mountains shift in your life. I don't want to settle for limitations. Does anyone else, do you want to settle to a limited life? I don't. You know, I'm going to share in a little bit about my story, but I don't want to settle for having a limited life. I want to believe God for the impossible. I want to believe God for the unbelievable things that this world says is impossible. And I want to see my God get all the glory and say, nothing is impossible for God. Come on. Bill Johnson, um, it's his statement when I was listening to a message recently, and I thought it just stood out to me. He said this, Bill Johnson's the pastor in Bethel Church. He said, whatever you tolerate will dominate. And I thought, wow, that's a great statement. If we're willing to tolerate certain things in our lives, they'll dominate us. I'm not willing to go any further than this. Well, then your life will then be dominated by that in areas of your life. Spheres of your life where you're not willing to go and do certain things for God, it will dominate you in every area. You'll be limited. I can't go there. You know, for me, as I said, I was going to share in a minute, but I'll share it now. Public speaking. 
was one of the biggest fears of my life. I left everything because of it. The mountain, was the th- it stopped me from doing it. I'd start a college course, start this, start whatever. The minute it came to, oh, you have to do a little presentation, done, next. I'd quit the course. I'm done with it. I'm not willing to do it. It was a mountain in my life that dominated who I was. School, nope. English, nope. Don't do anything that requires me to speak in public. Come on, God can do incredible things. I'm stood here now speaking, not in my own strength, but in his. Because the mountain moved, not just by me saying, move, move, and then I moved, and then I moved, and I pushed forward. I got over the hurdle, ran through the water, and I carried on running. We've got to not be limited. We need faith. And faith is simply this, in Hebrews 11.1, is, is, is the greatest understanding we can get of faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. It's like everything the world is against almost. Like what? You, 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 they, almost the world isn't like that. It's not built like that. The world is built very much about seeing things. And Well, faith is confidence in what you hope for. Well, we hope in our God. And assurance about what we do not see. Even if we don't see it, we have hope in the one that does and goes before. We believe beyond all of that, what we're seeing. We believe beyond the mountain. Sometimes I know mountains can seem almost impossible to believe beyond. But believe me, there's a greater depth behind, a greater journey behind. We've got to believe beyond it. Whatever's limiting you right now, whatever someone has said over you right now, don't believe it. Believe what God has said. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on, you've got to stir inside yourself. No, the mountain's not going to restrict me anymore. I don't know what someone said over your life. I don't know what you've decided to put up in your life that's barriers that says this is as far as I go. It's time to kick the barriers down and say, God, have your way. Whatever it looks like, I'm not going to be afraid. And believe me, it gets frightening sometimes. The first time I actually had to do this, I was like, I probably didn't sleep the night before. I was terrified. But you stand, not in your own strength, but in his. And it might look in different things in different ways. We all have different things that stop us, right, and limit us. It might be past experiences. You had a bad experience of something, so therefore that's limiting you from ever doing that again. We can't be bound by certain things that we've experienced. We have to be bound by what the word of God says. See, Hebrews 11.6, again, it says this. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, without faith, we can't even please God. Why? Because he's moved by faith. It's not like we see God in the physical. We have to believe that he is, even though we don't see. And we do, and we watch the miracles break out. There's so many things in my life that I've seen God come through in. And I think, wow, God, only you could have done that. I've sat in doctors where they've given me medication to send me to sleep at the age of 16 because I had such severe depression. I couldn't sleep. I'd sit, think, 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 think. Drugs probably didn't help. Legal drugs, that is. And then, so I'd sit there and just think. I had to get put on, like, medication to help me go to sleep. Depression, anxiety, worry, fear. They were all part of my life. Everyday friends. I went with them everywhere. Awful way of living. Bound by these things. I can't do certain things. Sitting in a shop queuing up. Come on, I know some people have probably experienced this, where anxiety gets on top of you to the point where you feel like you don't know how to walk forward in the shop, and you like, uh, you've thought about it so much, and you start doing this funny walk, because anxiety's gripped me so much. That was my life. 
That was my life. I don't want to be bound by those things. I went to the doctors, gave me medication. I don't want, you know, and I'm, I'm all for that, but I was so, as a young child, like, it's fine that you have to take medication. I'm not saying don't take medication. What I'm saying is my life was bound as a young child when it shouldn't have been. Maybe it was past experiences that maybe I grew up with that held me in a place of bondage where it made me feel like I couldn't move forward. But the only solution I ever found was my king, my Lord and Savior. He was the only one that was able to break through every chain of bondage and set me free. It's a miracle. Alcoholism broken off, drug addiction broken off, smoking cigarettes, baptism out gone, breakthrough in every area, depression lifted off, anxiety lifted off, every fear lifted off in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he can and I can't. Come on, this is the king that we serve. Don't ever be limited by a mountain. Remember who is in charge. See, the devil wants you to think the mountain is bigger than God. Nothing's bigger than God. Nothing. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, who made what? Heaven and earth. He made it all. He made everything. And he's on your side. In fact, he lives in you. Come on, the breaker not only has gone before because he says he leads us, he's in you. You have the breaker within, inside of you. You can get that breaking mentality out and say, I'm going to speak to the mountain and command it to leave in the name of Jesus. So I always think faith should lead to a place of obedience. I think obedience is so important because true faith actually gives action to what we're doing. And without obedience, I don't often see that the promise will be fulfilled. And I think, of, I think in just this moment, I'm going to share this quick story of, of Abraham when he went with Isaac on the hill. He, he trusted God, didn't he? When we read the story of Abraham, he was a friend of God. He had a, a relationship like God, just like we have, that he, could talk, he had a friendship with God. He believed God and God accounted in his account with righteousness. But there was a moment when Abraham had a son, Isaac. And it's a weird story, if I'm being honest. When I first read it, I thought, oh, this is strange. Like, he's just had the son. He was believing for the son. It's this incredible promise. And then God, in the next, very next moment, says, now go and take him and sacrifice him. And like, what? That doesn't make sense, does it? Come on, if that does make sense to you, I don't, I'm, maybe I'm not normal. I don't know, that just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, this is not right. But anyway, Abraham believes God, faith. And what does he do? He prepares the bag, prepares the wood, and he starts going on the journey, obedience. He walks towards it, but what's incredible is he already knows in his heart that God's gone before, that obedience is all that God was asking. Isaac, on the other hand, I don't know, he was probably thinking, hold on a minute. What's going on? I don't quite have my dad's faith. He's got a big old knife, a load of wood, and there ain't no sacrifice. Uh-oh. Anyway, he's following up the hill anyway. And Abraham, being a man of God, in obedience, gets on the top, goes to full whack, goes to do it, and then God, God what happens? Breakthrough. A provision of God's breakthrough breaks out, and there a lamb was offered. And I just think this is a beautiful picture of us walking in a place of breakthrough. That actually, what God's asking for you is to believe him, but not only believe him, but walk in obedience even when it doesn't make sense. Because what's on the end of that is breakthrough. What's on the end of that is a provision. It might be financial blessing. It might be health that will break out in your life like never before. But it requires an act of obedience towards God. Everyone good? So I've got four... Small points that I'm going to read through. 
And on the fourth one, what we're going to do is go back into a time of worship. The, the worship team can come back up at that point. So I'll, I'll call you up when that time is. But the first point that I want to speak about, which I think is important, again, like you would have heard these many times, is faith over what we're seeing. Faith over what we're seeing. In Genesis 37 to 40, you can write this down and go and read it in, in your own time. Please do. But you'll know, you'll be familiar with the story of Joseph, right? I shared it the last time. Um, I was speaking up here about waiting on God. Joseph is an incredible young man. And his story is incredible. The life that he lived is incredible. And the things that God did through him is incredible. But it didn't always look incredible. In the beginning, Joseph's given this promise. Like I said before, often that can be a brilliant bit. That can be like, oh, yes, God, you're doing an incredible thing. You know, this young lad had this dream. Who here has had dreams of what they're going to do? Come on dreams and believing for things if you don't you need to open your mind you need to believe for something believe for bigger dream joseph had this incredible dream and he was going to be a ruler over i mean he, he he flaunted it a bit in front of his brothers he probably shouldn't have done that but rulers over over his brothers and this is a moment that probably excited joseph in the sense that god was showing him something but on the very next moment his brothers then sold him into slavery not so good again hurdle big one sold into slavery. Not a great situation. Not only is he sold into slavery, he's removed from his family, removed from what he knows, doesn't, no longer with his dad, his brothers, scared. There's a one verse that he says uh, uh, when they're talking about what they did. Later on, when, when they go to Egypt, it says that he was pleading for his life. Come on, get in that moment that Joseph was pleading for his life to his brothers, yet they sold him anyway. How harsh that must have seemed. That isn't the promise that God gave me. That isn't the promise, Lord. He must have been thinking, that isn't what you showed me. But anyway, he was sold into slavery. Not only was he sold into slavery and he's a slave, he's then imprisoned wrongly. I mean, it's the lowest of low. You're a slave in prison. It's like a double banger. Like, how can that get any worse? Like, you're not only a slave, you're now an imprisoned slave, which is like you're a slave. It's just ridiculous. Like, this couldn't have got much worse. But then our God breaks through. And the promise is fulfilled in Genesis 40, 37 to 41, you can read it. The promise is fulfilled and he's standing there and everything that he saw as that young child, what would happen, has come into being and there's breakthrough. But what he had to do is not go by what he's seeing. There was years, there was a journey of where he would have looked in the natural and gone, this is ridiculous. I'm in prison, now I'm a slave. Everything within, within him probably thought this is a joke. And want it, he could have given up. But what's incredible about Joseph and what we need to take from it is that he wasn't bound by what he was seeing. He was bound by what God had said. God is faithful. Faithful to finish what he started and complete what he said. Amen? So if he said it, he's going to do it. Regardless of what you see. Trust me, when he says something, often mountains will come. The enemy will send out a legion. You'll have everything on your thing. Things will start going wrong. That's all right. Don't go by what you're seeing. Trust God. Or we can take account of Job in that. I mean, everything went wrong for him. But God is faithful to complete, amen, and came through at the end. So we can't go by what we're seeing in the natural. Everything around us tells us to go by what we're seeing. We can't. We've got to switch off to that. The second one, faith, come, uh, faith causes giants to fall. Again, you know where I'm going with it. It's a real simple understanding, but it's David. Faith in God causes giants to fall. And I love David's passion. David is a, a man that knows God, a young lad. He, he grew up knowing God. He had a relationship with God. And it's in his heart. He's a worshipper. 
And he has this incredible passion when it comes to standing up for the kingdom of God. And I love it. And you hear it even when he's a young lad in 1 Samuel 17. We're going to read 40, uh, verse 45 to 47. Um, and I just, love, I just love the passion that comes from it. So here he is in this moment with Goliath giving the big one, like I always say, he's standing there mocking the Israelites, and the Israelites are cowering, even though they've got all God, even though they've all got God, yet they're all frightened, they're, they're, they're stood there shaking. And I love what David responds in 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 47. He says this, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, I come against you. I love this. He ain't looking at the natural. Most of us would have been like, uh-oh. He ain't looking at that. He's going, no, 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 no. You come at me with that javelin. This is what he says. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down, cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philist Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. We'll finish it there. That is incredible. Come on, this is a young man that knows God. He isn't bound by what he's seeing. And often we look at that and think, big giant, nine-foot guy. You kind of got to get that picture out of your head and look at it like sickness is a giant. Cancer is a giant. Depression is a giant. All forms of financial um, things that are taking your finances, that are robbing you. You're feeling like you're having a financial breakdown, like there's nothing happening financially. That's a giant that you need to see broken. And how do we come against those things? The same way David did. By saying, you dare defy the Lord of hosts of heaven's army. You try and take from me. That's how we got to look at it. Cancer, you dare come at me. Depression, you dare come at me. God is in me. How therefore can you come against me? And you need to speak by faith and cause that giant to come falling down, cut off its head and command it to leave in the name of Jesus. That's how it went in my, in, in my life. I decided to trust what God was saying and giants start falling down. Don't be bound by what a doctor said. Don't be bound. You may be feeling it. You may be experiencing it. You may be hearing it. Don't be bound by it. God's word overrides everything. Amen. The next point, faith doesn't settle for partial breakthrough. And I'm not going to read through all the scriptures again, but this one is really important because I think we live in a mentality or in society that does this a lot. And the children of Israel were incredible at it. And like, again, I've shared this many times, but the children of Israel experienced incredible breakthroughs. Like, like you wouldn't believe. We, we, we read about it now like, wow, how did that happen? You know, not only were they delivered from the land of Egypt, they parted through the Red Sea. I mean, that enough. Come on. Oof, I wouldn't be able to move forward. I'd be like, this is too much. Like, what is going on? But they seem to just crack on. Like, yeah, what next, God? Come on, part of the Red Sea. Yeah, go on, part of the Atlantic Ocean. Then I'll be happy. You know, they had this mentality that was just, it was just not, it was just not right. And then they moved through that. And then it was like, we're thirsty. Well, I'll cause water to come from a rock. Mm, I'm hungry. It was like this constant, like, come on. You, you, you want to get in there and give them one of them. But it's like, this is the reality. Often, how often do we find ourselves in that? Moaning mentality. Moaning mentality. Oh, but God, you aren't doing it. 
but you aren't going to make it happen. How can you make it happen? I don't get it. I'm in the midst of a situation that I should be moaning every day, but I'm not because my God goes before me. You know, you know my situation. I finished it last time. A lot of people, well, what's the end of the story? There is no end. I'm in it. I'm not at the end. It's not a happy fairy story. I'm in the midst of not knowing where, what's next. But I trust my God in it. Not moaning, rejoicing. Rejoice, I say again, in the Lord. Always. Not allowing external circumstances to dictate what God's doing inside of you. Allow God to build and strengthen us. Don't get into that moaning mentality. Moan about everything. It's not a good place to be. In fact, it will rob you of what's next. And it happened to the children of Israel. They actually didn't inherit the promised land, but the generation after did. God said, I'm done with them. Moses actually pleaded that he wouldn't strike them and hurt them. And he said, okay, I'll listen to you, but they will not inherit what's next. They had partial breakthrough. They're no longer in Egypt. They've walked through the Red Sea, but the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. They never got to touch that with their own hands. The only, the only ones that did was Joshua and Caleb. Why? They didn't have a moaning mentality. They had a faith-built mentality that said, no, 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 God, you're more than able to do this for us. You're more than able. We need to be in the more than able crew that are able to stay. No, no, God, you're more than able. In your workplaces when everyone's moaning, no, 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 this is all right. We're going to make it. This is going to be okay. Wisdom of Joseph rise up. Wisdom of Daniel rise up inside of us because why? It's the same spirit in us that says, no, no, there's a solution to this. We serve an incredible God, right? And this is the last point that I want, I want to finish on. And it's faith reaches towards Jesus. And I think this is crucial. Faith reaches towards Jesus. And we can read um, an encounter we, we see in Luke 8. Um, and, and many of you will be familiar with it. It's the woman with the issue of blood. But what, I love this story. It's inspiring. So in, in, in Luke 8, verses 40 to 48... It says this. So give a backstory. This, this woman has an issue, but she's also cast out of society because the issue that she has means that she can't be around people. And so there's certain things stopping her from even having a normal life. Um, and we'll read this from verse 40, Luke 8. It says this. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expect, uh, expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. Again, that in itself, desperation, breakthrough, the only solution, Jesus, I need you. So as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Could you imagine the picture of that? Jesus walking into what can only be a crowd, a, a massive crowd of people pressing and pushing in on him because they're desperate to get a touch. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up from behind and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Like, Peter's always that one that gives like that sarcastic kind of like comment, isn't it? Jesus said, someone touched me. I know the power has gone from me. Isn't this incredible? Power surged out of Christ by this lady's touch. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she must have been terrified, it says here, came trembling and fell at his feet. 
In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Isn't that beautiful? This lady had spent all the money she had known. Been to the physicians, doctors, done all the stuff that you do. But still, there was no answer. How many of us right now are facing that situation? You know what the the so-called professionals have said. You know the diagnostics over here and what the natural element of it is. But there's still no answer. But there is in Christ, amen? Whether it be your eyes, your ears, or any part of your body that may feel broken, there's a God that can heal. And in fact, all you need to do is reach out to him. Reach out to him And by the very faith of you reaching out, you will be made well. That's what the word of God says, that I'm believing it. Anyone else? That if you reach out to Jesus, even today, that you can be made well. Depression can leave your mind. You could have walked in here feeling so heavy, but you'll walk out feeling so like what has just happened. Peace that surpasses all understanding will be yours. And I want us to put this into practice today. I want us to go out um, singing a song. So if we can have the worship team come back up here, and I want us to worship, but at the same time, I also want us to reach out to God. I want us, whatever that may look like for you, I want you to activate faith in your heart. That might mean coming out and standing. It might be doing a pastor around and running around the room, but obviously be careful. But it could be whatever you need to do that activates faith in your heart that says, do you know what, God? I'm pressing past the natural of me being bound here and I'm going to reach out to you today because I believe in the one that breaks the chains, amen? And I'm believing that. I'm believing that God will break off things in your life by simply you pressing into him. Come on, why don't you stand in this place this morning? Before we do that, let me just pray for you. I want to pray for anyone that hasn't even put their faith in Christ had a relationship with him. The Bible says when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That word saved is set free, delivered. In that moment, you can be completely changed. Your whole mindset can be changed. Your, your, your whole persona can be changed because the Bible says he comes and makes home in you. So why don't you just close your eyes and we're just going to pray this prayer before we jump in to worship. And repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I put my faith in him. I put my faith in him. I turn away from my way. I turn away from my way. And look to you. And look to you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. Amen. If you've prayed that for the first time, you've come back to God, or it's the very first time, I just want to do one thing before we go into worship I want you just to raise your hand so that I can pray for you is there anyone here there's one gentleman here is there anyone else here there's a lady here there's two people is there any more people that today there's another hand there there's three anyone else that needs to put faith in Christ this morning and come back to him come on this is a moment that your life will never be the same again hallelujah father I thank you for every hand lifted right now Lord I thank you that the old is gone and the new has come Father, in these hearts, a heart of stone has been turned to a heart of flesh. Father, I thank you where the enemy came to steal, kill and destroy. Right this moment, you've come and brought life and life in all its fullness. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Listen, we're going to go into this song now. Uh, Ruth, do you mind moving this straight? And I want to do one more thing as Janine leads. I want, to, I want you to, if you need prayer for anything, you need something, there's a situational circumstance, like I said, that seems like it's a mountain. Just come, come down here and we're going to have a moment where we can pray. There's pastors here that can pray for your situation. It may be something physical. It may be something um, in your mind. It may be something else. Whatever it is, just come down here and we're going to pray. Come, come forward. Come right forward. Come forward, mate. Hallelujah. Come on, just come forward.